the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Lindsay Barnett. Welcome back to the London Free Press Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us. I'm very excited today. I'm joined once again by London Free Press reporter Jane Sims, and I'm excited to chat with you, Jane, because it's all positive with regards to the COVID-19 vaccine and the pandemic, which sounds a little bit bizarre using the word positive. Um, And we are seeing some numbers spike, but we're going to talk about that because it's not all bad numbers spiking. So first of all, thank you for joining. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing, Lindsay? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much. It's exciting to chat with you because there's been a lot going on so far this week with regards to the vaccine. So Health Canada late last week announced that it had approved the Pfizer vaccine for children aged 5 to 11. And as we know, um, that's a big age group. We are seeing cases in schools. They had been excluded and now they are not. So Toronto had opened their bookings, I think, before any other region in the province. London? not far behind. Uh, I think the portal opened Tuesday at 8 a.m. for parents to get online to book their kids for vaccines. So what are the numbers looking like so far? How many doses were up for grabs? Well, uh, Alex Summers, the acting medical officer of health, said the other day at the last press briefing I was at that there would be approximately 28,000 doses uh, here in Middlesex, London with the health unit. Lots more if you can't get in on that through the pharmacies and doctors. Uh, once the portal opened, and I just I just got off the phone just to be sure we were right up to date. As of about two o'clock yesterday, there'd been about 5,000 appointments already filled. They are filled right up for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and that was rolling. I think by tomorrow, I think we'll see probably, you know, a couple thousand, two, three thousand more appointments booked farther down and into the week. And that's fantastic news. Uh, you could almost, on Friday, you could almost hear the sigh of relief collectively coming off parents saying, okay, let's get our kids vaccinated. Because I, I really do think that they are the majority out there. They're, there's a lot of people who have been talking about, oh, should kids get vaccinated? What's it going to look like? Honestly, I think that everybody's ready to put this thing to bed. And we all know that once we start getting kids vaccinated, we are a lot closer to, to, to getting to the to the very end of this. I know for me personally, I have a four month old baby. So like way out of the loop with regards to this, but I had said to you last time we spoke, I was a little apprehensive when it came to some of my friends with school age children, because it seemed like potentially unnecessary exposure because they are going to school closer contact. And I know one of my very dear friends, she's a teacher. So I had been concerned for her because um, she teaches a class of these kids who were up until a couple of days ago, not eligible. So this is huge. The start of the week also brought more fantastic news for us in the region. We have hit 90% first dose vaccination. That is wild. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's just wonderful news. And, and I will say this, if you look at the stats, you know, bravo to our seniors and bravo to our teenagers. That 12 to 17 group has been uh, tremendous. Now, I think a lot of that has to do with there's a lot of barriers for them to go back to a regular kind of life unless they have a vaccination. They can't play sports. You know, sports are pretty much cut off. Any kind of going to a restaurant with your friends. Um, you know, even understanding, I think, both the teenagers and their families understanding that exposure, they, they are much more exposed at school. 
I think has pushed and driven people to say, let's get the shot. So those two groups in particular, we have to really, you know, you know, stand up and cheer for because they've done really, really well. Yeah, there's still some problems. Yeah, I still think there are. I mean, we've still got some age groups that are, you know, not that 85% is anything to sneeze at, but certainly we can see more uptake come, I think, from the, I guess I will call them the, uh, the, the those who think that that this isn't going to affect them, right? Like they, they're the, you know, the in, you know, the invincible ones, right? So, you know, the 18 to 24 is the, you know, the, the young parents who haven't got, have found the time to go out and, 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 and get their shots. We need them still to step up. But 90%, that was the magic number. We need both doses in, but it was the magic number for us to start seeing, seeing the, the, the end, end of this. And I think we're going to see same, the same kind of robust uptick amongst kids as we've seen in some of those other, in, in that teenage age group. I think we can watch that happen. I think the thing that I found most impressive, and I was a little bit concerned when Premier Doug Ford had announced that potentially come March, no more mask mandate. Uh, even before March, they were talking about lifting the uh, vaccine passport, so to speak. And I thought as soon as that was announced, all people who don't want the vaccine have to do is just hold out a little bit longer. And then to watch numbers kind of continue to slowly creep up with regards to vaccination rates, I thought, wow. And now here in the region too, I'm starting to see people on Twitter, got my booster, got my third shot. What is Dr. Alex Summer saying with regards to boosters or third shots for people who want them? Well, we're not quite there yet. I mean, we can't do anything until Health Canada approves them, but I'll make a prediction. And, you know, I mean, my predictions aren't always that great, but I think I'm on pretty firm ground here. I think we're going to see boosters sooner than later for everybody. We've already watched that happen in the U.S., and I would not be surprised if, if next month they, they open up the door a little bit sooner. They're talking about the new year. I suspect maybe next month. I, I just have a feeling that might happen because at that point, there will be a very, very large group of people six months out of their, out, out, away from their second shot and ready and ready for, for, their, for, their, for their third shot. And I'll be one of them. I, I will do it as soon as they say I can have one. Dr. Summers has said something, and he said it again last at the, at the last meeting, which I think is really profound. He talks about, uh, we've talked about this being the pandemic of the unvaccinated. And what he says, if you are unvaccinated, you're not going to be able to ride this out. He said, you're either, it's not a matter of if you're going to get the virus, it's when. And the, the nature of this virus is it is looking for places to go. If we're vaccinated, it has nowhere to go. But if you want to remain unvaccinated, it's going to find you. There's lots of demonstration of that. If you look at what's happening in Southwestern Public Health, while they won't say it out loud, they talk about pockets of unvaccinated people. Well, we know where the big pocket of unvaccinated people are in, in the Southwestern Public Health region. And it's in Elgin County and it's, it, it's around Elmer. And we are seeing an uptick of cases there. The virus will find you. That's what makes this vaccine campaign for kids all the more important. It's fewer places for the virus to find a home and to move and to continue to move around the community. So if you're unvaccinated, I'm at the point now, I must say, I'm at the point now, if you're unvaccinated, that's fine. You can be unvaccinated. But you know what? I, 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 uh, if, if that's, if that's the route you want to go, the rest of us are going to be vaccinated people who will be able to handle the illness if we get it a whole lot better than, than, than you're going to. So anyway. 
Absolutely. Something worth mentioning is in recent days, and there's been a lot of pushback about this. Again, I need to stop reading the comment section on things. Um, but there's been a lot of pushback because there's been more breakthrough cases than new cases amongst fully vaxxed. And in the region, we saw two people, one in their 80s, one in their 90s, who recently died as a result of the pandemic and COVID-19, but they were vaxxed. So can we talk a little bit about that? Because I believe they had also received their third dose, but it didn't have time to become effective yet. Right, right. And I have to say that was the, those were the numbers on Monday that, that really gave me pause. So we had quite a few people who have, who have died of COVID-19 in the past seven weeks. It has been you know, if, if, if we go back on the numbers, it's actually quite shocking to see. I think there's, we're close, to, if we're not at 10 people, we're close to it. And those two deaths were particularly um, uh, difficult, I think, to understand. Uh, the health unit's been good about disclosing whether somebody's vaccinated, partially vaccinated, or unvaccinated as far as the deaths are concerned. What they can't tell us is anything regarding, you know, any kind of comorbidities, any kind of underlying conditions. Um, in this case, we have two people. All we know is that it's a man and a woman. One is, in her, she was in her 80s, he in his 90s. Um, they've had third shots. Um, we know, in general, immune systems um, are not as robust when you're older. Um, we also know when in your 80s and your 90s, you get a lot of things. Uh, but if everyone is vaccinated, they don't get the virus. Right? If we're all vaccinated, they don't get it to begin with. And that's what makes it more important again. Are there breakthrough cases? Absolutely. Nobody said that this, that this vaccine was gonna be completely foolproof. What they said was that it was not only, it, it will more than likely, like it's fantastic, stop you from getting sick. But even if you do to get sick, you're not gonna end up in the hospital or you're not gonna end up in a ventilator or you're not gonna end up dying um, for the most part. <laughs> there's there's all that it's is dr summer says never zero so i think what we can take away from the minimal amount we know about those deaths is that the vaccine is ter terrific but it's not foolproof and particularly for our most vulnerable we have a responsibility to make sure we're vaccinated so that they don't get sick and they don't end up a statistic on our our web page there's always an exception to the rule, right? And I know a lot of people start asking questions when somebody dies of COVID-19, when they've been double vaxxed. To me, a death is a death is a death. This was somebody's father or mother or sister or whatever. So chalk it up to what you will. A loss is a loss. I want to kind of speculate a little bit with you because we are fast approaching. We've seen flurries. Cold weather is here. Christmas just around the corner. I know Christmas gatherings are already starting. And I know amongst myself and my friends, everybody's kind of loosened up a little bit because we are all fully vaxxed. And I think everybody's just, you know, we've done our due diligence. We're ready to kind of get back to normalcy. Um, what do you expect that we will see post-Christmas, early January with the way numbers are trending right now? Well, I don't think it's any surprise to any of the scientists and doctors out there that the numbers are going up. I think that that was, that was an expectation. What we're hoping for, I think, what is that the numbers don't spike so high as we saw a year ago and in the spring. Um, and the, you know, theoretically they shouldn't because we've got to have, everybody's vaccinated, right? We have 90% of this community vaccinated. However, indoor spaces without ventilation and large gatherings 
without mass are the, the uh, conditions, the most excellent conditions for that virus. It's looking for that. So as far as being careful, you need to do that. We still do. Simply, if not, just, if not for yourself, for your relatives who are coming to see you or your friends who are coming to see you. Um, I know that like, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I am so pleased I can go to a restaurant, right? I, to, have, to have a meal. And I, I'm pleased that, that I can do a lot of things and feel comfortable doing them. However, I still wear my mask to the grocery store. <laughs> I will probably continue to wear my mask for a long time simply because it's, it's kept my health in good order. Um, and also, this ain't over. So uh, I think we could have a much normal Christmas. There's still a tiny little black cloud hanging over us. But I think we can have a Christmas, not like last year, which was pretty grim. But I think this year, we can probably look at Christmas in a whole different light. And, and you know, there's, there's a whole pile of reasons during this holiday season that we could feel happy and, and grateful. You know, I'm, I'm noticing, I don't know if you have, Lindsay, I mean, so many people have their Christmas lights on already. <laughs> like people are ready to kind of feel that kind of joy. And, and I think that there are ways that, that we can do it and make it a really solid, lovely, beautiful Christmas. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because I have noticed that, especially out if I run out to the store in the evening, coming home, there are so many lights on. And I will say, um, some people are still saying it's too early. I got my Christmas decorations up because also I didn't get a Christmas last year. I was pregnant. Nobody knew we were completely under lockdown. I am ready for it this year. We are running out of time, but quickly, I just wanted to ask you, cause I had seen, I don't know if it's a rumor or what's swirling around online that health Canada might be approving the Pfizer vaccine for zero to four year olds early next year, early spring. Have you heard anything about that? Well, the only thing that I've read is from Dr. Fauci in, in the States, who's already predicted that, right? That, that, that given that, that, that they've been able to figure out a formulation of the Pfizer vaccine for kids, for five to 11 year olds, surely they can figure it out for, for we little people, right? So um, that would not be a surprise to me. And particularly if, if we watch the takeoff on this particular campaign and we see the results on it. And by the way, you know, if your child is four years old, I will say this too, if you're four years old and you're gonna be five before the end of the year, you can get your vaccine. So if any parents are waiting, Dr. Summers said this the other day, don't wait. You can, you know, you know, uh, get, you know, you shouldn't wait. As soon as you're able and eligible, get the vaccine. Also, if you're 11 years old, get your vaccine now. If you're turning 12 before your second vax, you're gonna get an adult dose. They've got that all figured out. So. There's no reason to hesitate for anybody in that age group. As for babies, yeah, let's get babies vaccinated. This, you know, I, you know, they'll be pushed back as there has been on everything else. But I, I clearly don't see any, anything that, that is, a, a, you know, any, any downside to doing that whatsoever. My little guy goes for his four-month vaccines next week. And I'm kind of of the attitude, what's one more shot when yeah. he's eligible? So that's just my prerogative on it. And I know you're right. There's always a lot of pushback and people need to do what is best for them. But uh, yeah, to me, what's one more if he's going anyways, right? Like, right. There's been yeah, a lot and, of yeah, and we know these vaccines work. 
we know that they're really, really good. And, and at some point, maybe it'll be five years down the line when we're out of the, the turmoil of this, we'll finally stand back and say, Jeepers, that was really, really cool what happened that we were able to get out of this. Let's you hope think, anyway. You yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to take me more than five years to <laughs> reminisce on this time and think how cool. Um, but I love the positivity, Jane. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your insight and your knowledge and your time today. Really, really appreciate it. Well, thanks uh, for having me, Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do it again soon, I'm sure. Hopefully, more, more positivity, maybe double dose will be up 90%. There. I mean, the numbers are going. I feel hopeful. Yeah. And maybe we'll have third, we'll have boosters, right? I mean, and for all those people eligible for boosters, I don't think that it's been robust. Of, it's been as, as as much of an uptake. I, I, I never got that. I didn't get that sense from Dr. Summers the other day that the numbers are blowing through the roof on, on third doses. But if you're eligible, go get it. You you know, don't take a chance. If if, if you've got two AstraZeneca shots, go get a third dose. If you're if if you belong to the indigenous community or you're or, or you're living in a household, go get your shots. If you're 70 years old, go get your shots. It's it's out there. I mean, the more shots we get into arms, the more protective we're going to be. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jane. Um, once again, if you're enjoying this podcast, please hit subscribe streaming all of the time, of course, on all of the big platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google, YouTube, and of course, over at lfpress.com. If you are missing out on any of the biggest news stories of the day, lfpress.com, a great way to catch up. I live and die by Twitter because life with a newborn, that's where I'm at. So at lfpress, will keep you up to date. We'll be back again next Thursday with another edition of the LF Press podcast. Until then, stay well.